Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. I invite you to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, as uh, we continue in our series called The Cross. And we see just how low our Lord was willing to descend. As we open the scriptures, friends, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, we pray that as we open your word, it would not be to us a dead letter, but that you would send your Holy Spirit so that we can hear your living word. Each of us comes here, Lord, needing to hear from you. And so we pray that you would open our hearts to hear your word in the name of Jesus to the glory of God the Father in heaven. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death, on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. We're grateful. Amen. Well, it is. It's Palm Sunday. We walk through Holy Week. We walk through this pattern of when Jesus came to Jerusalem and and he went through this this sort of walk through life. And we're going to to bend our minds toward that. We're going to remember it. In fact, if you come on, on Thursday, you'll have a full telling of the Gospel of Mark. If you come on Friday, you'll have worship straight through the three hours that Christ spent on the cross. And if you come on Easter morning, we'll be celebrating the glory of his resurrection and victory over death. So it's Palm Sunday. That's why the kids were up here whipping these branches around, which I love. I always say, you know, if you don't see a few of them, you know, kind of broken and and uh, we haven't done it right, you got to get those things going around and, and love to have these kids up here to celebrate Palm Sunday with us because... That's what this day was about. Here's how Mark records it. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. The whole thing is he was fulfilling reams of prophecy about a coming liberating Messiah who was on the way. And here comes Jesus, lifted up just a bit. See, everyone else is walking, he's riding. He's lifted up just a bit, but he's riding on a donkey. He's riding on a humble animal. And the people are shouting and they're laying down these palm branches and cloaks laid down before him, humble things to lay really before someone who's walking in. And They were excited. You see, they had seen his miracles, they had seen his power, they had seen his potential to change the world. And they were thrilled that he was coming to Jerusalem. 
Jesus was writing a path of humility. They were looking for a path of great power. Jesus was writing a path of obedience, a path of subjugation, a path even of powerlessness, a path of death. To put it in in kind of cheesy terms, maybe, Jesus wasn't on a power trip. He was making power flip. Don't worry, I'm not going to repeat that through the rest of the message. So because of that, we read a different passage. I wanted us to read Philippians 2 today. It's sometimes called the Christ hymn because it might have been a song that the church sang in early worship. It's so lyrical, it's so balanced, and it tells the entire story of redemption. We think that the church was singing this, and it breaks the journey of Christ down into two parts, his humiliation and his exaltation. His humiliation and exaltation. Which one was Palm Sunday? All these people singing and shouting and and so excited. You see, there's a certain kind of Messiah that people expected who would build power, build power, build power, and at the apex come riding into Jerusalem to set everyone free. And so they're excited. But it's not part of his exaltation. It's part of his humiliation. Jesus is still going down. He's still on his way down. He's still descending. He's going low, and the lowest is yet to come when he goes to the cross and to the grave and to the separation from God, his own Father, the separation that we call hell. He went all the way there for us. We think power is about getting the upper hand, taking the world by force. Jesus shows us another way. Napoleon Bonaparte wrote, Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have all founded empires, but on what did we rest the creations of our genius? Upon force. Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And at this hour, millions of men would die for him. God didn't want a kingdom of coercion established by force. God didn't want a kingdom of fearful subjects. God wants a family of of children, beloved and loving. And so Jesus doesn't want your frightened subjugation. He wants your love. He wants your love and your devotion. He wants your heart, and he wants you to be loved. Leadership, you see, isn't about how many you can get to serve you. Leadership is about how many you can get to serve. So Jesus rides in humbly. He rides in on the way down. It was his humiliation, not his exaltation, when he rode into Jerusalem, not in force like a general in triumph, but humbly on a donkey. He was on the way down. But why? Why? Just to to demonstrate servant leadership? No. More than that, Jesus went this low to draw out the poison. Jesus went down this low to take up, to sop up the sickness that leads to death at the very bottom of the human condition. He went that low to heal. 
and his humiliation leads to his exaltation. And if you follow him in his death, it leads to life. I grew up watching uh, all the, the Rocky movies, all of them. Remember Rocky Balboa? Come on. And, uh, and you know how he beat his opponents, don't you? You know how he beat them. He beat them by being beaten. Remember that? They would build up these opponents. No one has ever punched so hard as, as Ivan Drago, you know. And no, no one can ever hit somebody as hard as this guy or that guy. Well, then out comes Rocky and he just takes it. <laughs> you know, and he's just up against the ropes and, getting all, and we think, oh, all hope is lost. He takes it and then the music changes, right? <laughs> and then he's coming back. But he's, he's beaten them by taking all of that energy of Eve, all of that force of destruction on himself. He's beaten them by being beaten. Just watched Rocky IV with my son Peter the other day. That's the best one, by the way. If you're going to watch one, watch that one. Or maybe for a more updated reference, how about Star Wars, The Last Jedi? Second Star Wars reference in the series. I'm not sure what that tells us about Star Wars or the, or the cross, but Star Wars, Last Jedi, Luke Skywalker's final act, his final moment to save everybody, the entire universe, is what? He takes, he takes the punch. He comes out in front of uh, the evil empire. I guess it's the, what, it's the uh, first order, Right? And he takes all of the force of every firepower they've got, all their blaster, laser, photon, torpedo, mag- that's a different, that photon, torpedo is somewhere else, isn't it? <laughs> but here they go, they're just hammering them, they're hammering them with all they've got, all the guns are just overheating, they're, they're just letting it all go, everything they've got. Uh, they, they give it to Luke Skywalker there. And spoiler alert... That's how the battle is won. He takes all that energy, all that force of evil, he, he drains evil of all of its energy. Every good war movie that's out there has got some guy, you know, who's gonna, willing to run out there and take the fire. I'll take the fire so you guys can be saved. Why is that always the story? Who's brave enough to take the fire? Who's strong enough to take all the force of evil on himself? Who's powerful enough to take the punch and still stand? Who can stand there and take all the pain, all the force of evil, all the power of hatred, all the destructive human sin in all the world on himself? Who can do it? Only Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. He emptied himself, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus is the ultimate example of humility. Nobody had more to give up. Nobody went lower. And nobody can match his glory. 
Nobody had more to give up. Nobody. Jesus, it says, was God. He is God. He had every advantage, but he didn't see that as something to use for his own personal comfort. You see, in the world we live in, we always think of using position to personal advantage. Use what you've got to better your position. Take every opportunity, push to the front, sweet talk your way to the top. Make sure your interests get in front of everybody else's, you know. If you're in a position, slip a little over here and get your kid into the best college, right? (laughs) Right? Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. (laughs) There's another way. Watch Jesus. Watch Jesus. Nobody had more to give up. Nobody had better personal advantage. Nobody was in a greater position. And nobody went lower. Jesus made himself nothing. Jesus emptied himself. He he, he gave it all away. He put it all in the service of others. How can God empty himself? How can divinity, how can divinity become vulnerable and still be divinity? How can that happen? Answer. By drawing humanity into himself. That's exactly what happened here. Jesus, see, Jesus didn't subtract divinity. He added humanity. He drew humanity into himself. This is God's willful self-humiliation, bringing humanity close, drawing humanity near. In fact, drawing humanity to himself, into himself in Jesus Christ. That's how God emptied himself. An old uh, catechism of the Reformation says this, what does... In what does Christ's humiliation consist? Christ's humiliation consisted in his being born. And in that low condition, made under the law, undergoing the miseries of this life, the wrath of God, and the curse of death of the cross, in being buried and in continuing under the power of death for a time. See, Jesus, he didn't just come down and taste a drop of death and then fly. He didn't come down and stare death in the face and turn around and run home. No, no, he sat in death. He sat under the power of death. He went that low. And it's all part of it. You see, it's all of a piece. This entire mission of Jesus from birth all the way through. Who can take the punch? Who can draw out the poison that sickens the whole world? Jesus took humanity on himself to make himself the target. Look at uh, verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man... He humbled himself. See, even in his humanity, he could, have, he could have stood up in pride, but he didn't do that, you see? He humbled himself into obedience, even obedience to death, even death on a cross. In order to draw out the poison, in order to let humanity pour out its worst on him, Jesus had to become poisonable, you see? Jesus had to to become woundable. The all-powerful had to become 
hurtable, spit onable, vulnerable, woundable, strikeable, even crucifiable. In the most surprising, most awe-inspiring move of all of history, the all-powerful, almighty God made himself vulnerable. And by his wounds, we are healed. Is it to his shame? Other gods would deride such a move. The Roman gods, wouldn't, they wouldn't abide something like that, would they? No. Uh, you, what, is this to his shame? Should we be embarrassed for God? No, because nobody, having done all this, nobody can match his glory. Jesus, he descended in his humiliation. He descended into humanity. He descended into vulnerability and even descended into obedience, even descended into death. And he, the most powerful, embraced ultimate vulnerability. Why? To draw out the poison. And right here, right at that moment, not immediately, but slowly, as we go through Good Friday and the silence of Holy Saturday, right here at that moment, the music starts to change. Can you hear it? It shifts. His humiliation is over. His exaltation begins. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. None can match his glory. None can match his name. He's already taken the punch. He's already swallowed the poison. He has already drawn all the fire of the evil forces. He has taken it all, and he lives. He lives. And now who can stand against him? Nobody. Who can stand against Jesus? That's the humiliation, friends. That's the humiliation that leads to exaltation. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. He will come again to claim all that he has won by his victory, to put to rights everything that is wrong, and to draw home all who will call on his name. And every sentient being, friends, will be on its knees before Jesus to acknowledge that he is Lord, either willingly or unwillingly. Jesus is Lord. Two applications for you from all this. The first one might surprise you. Number one, you are allowed to be mad at God. Does that sound odd? That sounds like the exact opposite of what I've been preaching, doesn't it? 
kind of see the, feel the needle screeching across the record player on that one. No, we don't want to be among those spitting on Jesus. We don't want to be among those in the rebelliousness of our sinful nature shouting, crucify him, crucify him. But listen now, Jesus came to draw out the poison in all the world. It means he came to draw out the poison that's in you. And he can't do that. It won't happen unless you're honest with him. And you can show him your heart. You can show him where you're angry, where you're disappointed, where you're hurt, where you've lost someone unexpectedly and suddenly, where it isn't fair, where the ways of life in this world just, just, haven't, just haven't been tracking. You can show him where you hurt. He can't heal the wounds you won't let him see. So Jesus came to draw it out, and it's okay. You just show him your heart. Second, this is the application you were more expecting. Number two, follow the path of Jesus. Verse five, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset. Try to put on the same attitude. Try to, try to follow him in the mental posture that he seems to have here. Imitate him. Have the same mindset. We can't repeat what Jesus did in his ministry, but we can, we can walk in, if we are in Christ, we can walk in his way and recognize that the path of humiliation is the path of exaltation. Why would you continue in this track of, 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 of power and influence and force and coercion trying to beat all those around you, trying to gain the upper hand, when Christ has shown you the way of humiliation and exaltation? Follow Him and let Him lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. In his book, Strong and Weak, Andy Crouch says, we want very much to continue in the way of authority with no vulnerability. Endless exaltation with no humiliation. That's what we want. We want to be so so powerful, none can touch us. We want to be so so high that there's nothing that can, that can you know, come against us. Friends, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And the surprising thing is that there's so much life to be lived on the other side of, of an embrace of open vulnerability. Now, we have, to be, we have to be careful here. But we try so hard to protect ourselves and our power and those things around us that we value. Maybe Christ is calling us to descend somewhere in our life, to descend into true humility, into serving others, to move out of our comfort zone and move into a place where we can not be served but serve, where we can get under the needs of others, even if it makes us feel a a little bit exposed, a little bit vulnerable. Andy Crouch says, the greatest spiritual struggle many of us face is to be willing to take off our bubble wrap. (laughs) Jesus took off his bubble wrap. He made himself vulnerable, woundable, hurtable on our behalf. He came from heaven to earth to join forever with us, with fallen humanity to, to take the punch to draw the fire, 
to draw out the poison that sickens the human condition at its very core and to redeem and carry us home. Friends, that's, that's what happened that day on the cross. I close today with uh, words from a sermon preached around Easter, the year A.D. 170, by a preacher named Melito of Sardis, telling the story of a God who came down to save. Here it is, just listen. The Lord clothed himself with humanity and with suffering for the sake of the sufferer and with binding for the sake of the bound and with judgment for the sake of the judged and with burial for the sake of the entombed. And he rose from the dead and cried out aloud, who now opposes me? Let him stand here before me. I have set the condemned free. I gave life to the dead. I raise up the buried. Who will stand against me now? It is I, says the Christ. I am he who destroys death and triumphs over the enemy and crushes hell and binds the strong man and bears my people off to the heavenly heights. It is I, says the Christ. So come all families of people adulterated by sin and receive forgiveness of all your sins. For I am your freedom. I am the Passover of salvation. I am the lamb slaughtered for you. I am your ransom. I am your life. I am your light. I am your salvation. I am your resurrection. I am your king. I shall raise you up by my right hand. I will lead you to the heights of heaven. There shall I show you the everlasting Father. Lord, there is none like you. And there is no name like the name of Jesus. Your name, Jesus, is not just a word, it's a reputation. It's a revelation of your character. And as your name settles in our hearts this morning, we pray that you would help us to know and trust that to follow you down is to be lifted up into your glory. We pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts up, that you would make us vulnerable where we need to be vulnerable, that you would grant us authority where we need authority to oppose the things that bind and hold people down and to release those things in our own life. We thank you, Jesus, that you came and that you were strong enough to take the fire, to to take the punch, to draw out the poison and to carry us home. To you, Lord Jesus, is all the glory and all the power and all the honor from now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the First Prez podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprezcos.org.